Voyage of the Geek for another week. This Tuesday evening, the 7th of February 2017. Mm. Joining me as always, Stan Miller, hey. myself, Dave Scotland. Hey. We chew the fat of just about anything geek that comes our way, and including way back and beyond. Way back and right up to now and possibly beyond, yes, definitely. How's your week? What have you been up to? Um, trying to stay cool. It's officially bloody hot. Um, and there is hot wind aplenty. Very hot. We're major heat wave. Yes. Is the way to and my air conditioner broke. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it carked it in the middle of the as soon as it reached the, the maximum hottest it just, no. Yeah, fuck it. I'm out of here. So, so you're that's up, up, up for last weekend. Yeah. Oh fuck. It's just Heat. It was just hot wind. You know, I had fans going, and I've got a portable air conditioner, but that had no hope of catching up. So I had fans going, blowing hot wind around instead of just having still wind, no, still heat. We had the power go out when we were living in Brisbane, mm. and oh, yeah. it was a night like that. Yeah. So we went to a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Look, fuck it. Hell yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> but a shower, hot shower, <laughs> nice and cool. Uh, that's fair enough, man. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good move. Actually, maybe I should have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> you were next time. But then I got the, the sparky dude in. Yeah. And um, as I was saying to you out there, he said, yeah, you've, you're going to need a new, you know, you know, going to need a new, what's I'm going to call it, a compressor's bung. And he says, uh, yeah, it's a, you got a 2.5 watt air conditioner. And so my question, first question was, do they sell bigger ones? <laughs> Give <laughs> me something wind tunnel. Yeah, rated. yeah. Think wind tunnel. And he was like, "What? You need a bigger one for this room?" Actually, the the room's very big. Actually, I said, "Hell yeah, I need a bigger one." So yes, bigger one arrives very soon. Um. Yeah, it's such a luxury. Mm. Yeah, mm. I've, I've got no air conditioning at work at the moment. So if it gets above twenty five. Mm. I'm out. Uh, I don't know. Straight home, turn the aircon yeah, on, work yeah. from home. Growing up as a kid, I don't know. My dad used to go around the house turning off the lights. Yeah. It's like, you're leaving this 60 watt light bulb on. There's nobody in this room. What are you doing? This is insanity. Yeah. You know, and I sort of grown up with that mentality that, you know, and spent a long time, you know, not turning on the air conditioner for some mm. fucking stupid reason. Yeah. And now I'm, no, I get, it goes on. If it's cold, heaters go on, air conditioner goes on. If it needs to stay on all night, yeah. fair enough. No problem with that. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm the same. I, I grew up in that same sort of household where, mm. you know, electricity was such a premium and you had to, even to the, at the cost of quality of life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even in cars too. Like you didn't mm. put the air con on because you, you apparently paid out the ass for fuel. <laughs> and um, 
I, I've been known to stop and have a quick bite of lunch mm. and just leave the car running mm. with the aircon on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's too hot outside, <laughs> yeah. just leave it running for 15 minutes. You know, yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Oh, I told, told you my Lafayette story when in um, Louisiana. Mm. I mean, in Louisiana, it's so friggin' hot. I mean, it's serious hot, mm. um, wet, stifling heat. Um, and I'd, I'd imagine that it's similar if you go to Canada, you know, and it's like minus 40. What would you do in minus 40? You'd have to plan your route. Mm. You'd be like up against the window yeah. in this building and you know you have to get to that other building. And in between there is just freezing death, yeah, yeah. right? And you'd have to plan carefully. So it was the same at Lu- in Louisiana. Yeah. And what we would do is we would go out of the hotel, walk quickly, but you don't want to run because then you instantly start sweating yeah. And then jump into the car, drive across the par- car park, drive across the street, not down the street, yeah. just across the street, into the car park on the other side, park close to the building, walk briskly to the other building and get inside. And the only reason we did that is because we could have the air conditioner on in the car, in the car. for that little tiny trip. Yep. That's ridiculous. That's not crazy. I mean, it's on some level it's crazy. Oh, it's but- definitely crazy on some level, but, but it was... It felt like a necessity at the time. Oh, it's a necessity. <laughs> and it's well worth the money, whatever it costs. Yeah. Um, yes, running around in the sun like that is... And especially that wet heat. That's oh, terrible. Mm-hmm. So uh, tonight we're just going to chew the fat a little bit, throw some topics around. And there's mm-hmm. one that's... Um, there's, there's one that's been right under just under the surface of our industry of the visual effects and animation industry film industry in general mm-hmm. um, tech industry yeah there's certainly the tech side of the film industry especially where all the money's coming from mm-hmm. um, and that is the uh, the wage tampering or mm. wage fixing mm. um, that's been going on mm. and I've sort of been following it a little bit mm. um, not not to a really deep level in the past, more so recently, mm-hmm. and that's because of some um, some major things that have gone through the courts recently. But what I want to talk to you about is um, let's just have a look. looking for a browser it's mm. not in a browser <laughs> it's in a, an article by uh, Brian Gabriel now Brian Gabriel writes for Cartoon Brew mm-hmm. it's a pretty cool website um, mm. sort of animation oriented type website news blog whatever mm. I really only found them through my research of this particular subject because they've really followed it there's mm. a couple of websites out there that have got its own news servers, uh, news services forums, all that sort of stuff. Mm. And this is one of them that have been following this thing. So, just before we have a look at that, let's let's throw this up. If I was to talk to you with, uh, and we I hadn't mentioned anything about it, and we didn't know what we knew, what would you say about these companies? What are some of the things that spring to mind when we, when you look at an, uh, a lineup like this? We're looking at DreamWorks Animation SKG. Walt Disney Animation Studios, Pixar Animation Studios, Blue Sky Studios, Lucas Limited, and Sony Pictures Animation. Well, I know what we're going to talk about. And so uh, 
yeah, uh, it's a bit hard to be a bit impartial, so I won't try too much, but I would think that these are some of the most successful, um, you know, animation producing uh, companies in the world today and in the past. Um, and I would also, I don't know, I would have a very high opinion of them as corporate entities. Yeah. Um, purveyors of happy, fluffy entertainment. Yeah. Who, you know... Lots of family content coming out of these. Yeah. And their only desire is to, you know, bring entertainment to the world. For all the right reasons. For all the right reasons. <laughs> so, basically, as the story goes, or at least what has brought it massively to the surface re mm. in recent mm. times is there's some of these lawsuits mm. that we'll get into exactly what they are mm. um, have finally been ruled upon mm -hmm. um, in recent times and specifically in in relation to something that's immediate to us which is that that animation um, feature sort mm -hmm. of world that we sort of we tap into we keep an eye on we're involved with in some degree um, with 100 million dollars awarded mm -hmm. to the plaintiffs um, and that is for Disney, Pixar and Lucasfilm to pay. So this is um, now just check my facts are correct. This is early 2015? Uh, no. Late 14? Um, early 15? I think the Disney award is recent. Um, okay. As early as January. This year, this year, because there are other lawsuits. Okay, so the reason. Okay, there the are other class. The reason class why actions. I say that is that this is a long, complicated Ooh, thing yeah. that starts way back in two thousand and nine and has been bubbling, mm. most of it underneath the radar, and then slowly coming to the surface now. The um, the legal side of it, the justice department mm -hmm. side of it. The response side of it, I suppose. That started because of, or at least in our world, in, in these players, mm. um, <clears throat> that started when evidence came to light through the investigation that was going on with the other wage fixers in the California area, mm. which is um, Apple. Um, this was referred to as Tectopus. Yeah. Back in the day. So this was like 2009? Yeah. 8, 9, 10? So that's these are these again, super big, successful, yeah. top of the line, yeah, movers and shaker companies. We've got them up here: Intel, Google, Adobe, Apple. Uh, and Apple. Yep. And I'll throw up a list later on. You should see who they own. Yes, it's all. They're all in each other's. They've all yeah. got their fingers in everybody's yeah. pies. These guys were really bad, though, when, when it came to oh, just send emails to one another about our agreement, and they had policy. Um, Google had policy. Mm. They had policy documents about this relationship, which mm. is which is absolutely in the face of um, that anti-competition. Um, the, they, they've got laws in the states that are very different to ours, but they're similar in, to, in some ways. To you can't um, there's a percent you can't own 100 percent of a market they, mm. they stop you from purchasing at a certain point those mm. sorts of things they're all in vain in the same vein mm. which is um, they unfairly take away competition yep and competition is what balances out the capitalist society it's mm. like you have to if they're going up 
everyone has to have an opportunity, even if it's a di- if it's a different rate. Mm. They still have to have that opportunity. If you mm. rob them of that opportunity, mm. it's a massive no no. Yeah, yeah. And they had that in their policy mm. that that we have this agreement that you can't poach from them, you can't mm-hmm. cold call them, um, and even I saw one with in relation to this this these four um, Silicon Valley players mm-hmm. um, where Steve Jobs found out that one of the other companies I think it was Google mm-hmm. I think it was Google uh, a HR person went and pursued somebody from Apple and Steve Jobs found out about it and wrote directly to the CEO or the, the guy that runs or owns Google mm-hmm. And within 24 hours, wrote back and said, she's been taken care of, she's been sacked and whatever, and all these emails. So you can read them. Yeah. Full disclosure, they've been, as part of that investigation, they're out there and you can grab them in the court findings. So just to sort of start to clear it up, the, the thing that we're really talking about is wage fixing. Yes. And um, colluding. In fact, some websites and some articles are using the word cartel. Uh, in oh, the back, yes, I've seen that. Right? Yep, in yep. the background. Yep. That they're all in cahoots. Yes. It, it is a smoke-filled fucking room yep. in the back, back there. Um to um, to price fix wages, yes, and to um, not poach each other's um, employees. Yeah. So they're preventing the employees from moving around or accessing higher wages because you know they've got this cartel. They've got this all on lockdown. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And it's um, the. It started between Ed Cutmill, who we'll get to short, uh, Uncle Ed, mm-hmm. uh, who we'll get to shortly, and Lucas. Yes, George friggin' Lucas's fact, name keeps fact, turning up. I would be surprised if it didn't start with with George. <laughs> I'm starting right. to get such a bad opinion of George. I wouldn't, you know, it first wouldn't surprise me. I'm not saying that he did it. I'm just saying that if you gave me, showed me evidence that he did it, I'd look at it and go, yep, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Well, I do yeah. know, but I couldn't put my finger on the exact reason why. Um, those two were heavily affiliated. And we're not talking about somebody associated with George Lucas or George Lucas's, yeah. you know, 2IC. Yeah. It, it appears that it's George Lucas. Yeah. 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 So him sitting across the table around coffee or something with these other mm-hmm. big players. Mm-hmm. Um, when Ed Cutmel teamed up with Steve Jobs mm-hmm. and took the render technology that he had developed while under the employment of Lucas. Mm. Uh, they pretty much bought Lucas's digital division mm-hmm. um, and it became RenderMan. And they formulized, formalized it into RenderMan, but ultimately Ed Cutmel became the... Uh, what do they call us? It's is it a CEO or it's the chief chief executive officer or no, something? I don't he's, know specifically, but it, he's it, a big Kahuna. Yeah, it's he's, one of those. He's the biggest Kahuna. Um, I think Steve Jobs was more of a an investor in that partnership, mm. and really it was Ed Cutmill and John Lasseter mm. that took and became and it became Pixar. John Lasseter's name even starts to appear in this. Yeah, he. It looks to me like he was complicit mm. without probably being in those meetings mm. because. Someone has to sit in an office mm-hmm. with Ed Cutmel and George Lucas and whoever else was running whatever else, whatever studio that was 
in that main group in order for this to happen. It was never done. It couldn't have been done down at the HR level. No. And some of the – because you can read the court records, the court depositions, and it's – no, it's – somebody from the HR sometimes makes a mistake and somebody from the HR calls up, you know, uh, and they want to recruit one of the DreamWorks HR people wants to recruit – um, one of the Pixar people, and as soon as that happens, it goes straight up, and then Catmel gets on the on the blower and says, "Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, now, we've got an agreement that yeah. we don't do that sort of thing." And then the HR person writes in their email back, "Oh, oh sorry about that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. If they're lucky, yeah. if they're lucky, the one that I read about this incident, mm. she got sacked on the spot. Really? Yeah, and the the CEO of Google. Mm wrote to the HR person that was taking care of tracking down this person that went and tried to poach this person from Apple, Mm. he actually says in his email, um, I think the boss of HR wrote back to him and said, we found out who it is and we we instantly dismissed Hmm. the employment. And when the CEO writes back and says to that HR manager Mm. and says, dealt with appropriately, Uh well done, blah, 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 and then he forwards that on to... Steve Jobs. Jobs directly. Yeah. Steve Jobs writes back a smiley face. <laughs> and that was all in the email. I want to get on to – it looks pretty dark and pretty grim. At, at some, maybe for some future little date when we're talking about this, we should um, – I don't know. I want to just investigate how this kind of stuff happens. Well, let me um, tell you about the, the Disney lawsuit, right? It was – there were three um, – I've got a bit of a bio here of, of Ed Catmell. Oh, do that. Do so that. I just wanted to give a bit of a background on him. Yeah, do that. Um, because he is... He'll keep popping up. He's definitely in the centre of all of this. I reckon he's the instigator. He, I think Lucas originally did a deal with him, right? Because they knew each other. Yeah, okay. Right? Then Cutmell said, this shit's cool. This mm-hmm. is gold. This mm-hmm. stuff is gold. Not only do we keep our people... Mm because they have no reason to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Right? This money's never going to be any better than what we offer, mm-hmm. and no one's going to come and approach them. Mm-hmm. So we can keep all of our good people. Mm-hmm. We keep the wages low forever, mm-hmm. like they never have to go up because mm-hmm. there's no competition in that marketplace. Mm-hmm. He would. He. I think it was Catmull who went out and convinced other people, or at least enough of them, for critical mass. Maybe there's, Katzenberg then jumped in and... There certainly seems to be evidence that he was at least doing that once. Yeah. And that's with Sony. So we'll get to when Sony yeah. starts to... And actual evidence. Yeah, yeah, actual yeah. evidence. This is deposition from court. Okay. His emails. All right, so a little quick biography. Um, um, the first time I came across Ed Catmel is from... The Catmel Rom Shader. Yeah. Do you remember the Catmel Rom yeah. Shader? Right. So the Catmel Rom Shader is, for those who don't know, is it's just a way of um, um, calculating how light interacts with a 3D object. Okay. He, he invented mm. the method of applying a texture to geometry. Yeah, yeah. And so I've got here, and this is just the wiki thing, right? So Ed Catmel, 1974, um, this is his... Well, anyway, a subdivision algorithm for computer display of curved surfaces, PhD thesis. Okay, so he writes that. Then there's another one that comes after this. Recursive generated B-spline surfaces on arbitrary topological meshes. Okay, so he's writing all of this this PhD stuff. This is 1978. So that's what he's into, computer science, essentially. Now, 
I want to just read, I'll, I'll try and paraphrase it a little bit, but I want to read his awards that he's received from um, just off the Wikipedia page. So in 1993, uh, Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences presented Catmel with his first Academy Scientific and Technical Award for the development of photorealistic RenderMan. Mm. And we're using RenderMan today. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Software which produces images for motion pictures, 3D computer generated, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. In 1995, he was inducted as a fellow of the Associated of Computing Machinery. Again, in 1996, he received the Academy Scientific Technical Award for Pioneering Inventions in Digital Image Compositing. In 2001, the Oscar for Significant Achievement in Motion Picture Capture, blah, blah, blah. 2006, he was awarded the blah, 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 Pioneering Contributions in the Field of Computer Graphics. And then another one in 2008, and then another one in 2009. So now we're getting up to zero yeah. hour yeah, when yeah, Tectopus yeah. happens. So, so you just think about that. He's just getting award after award after award for inventing friggin' awesome tech that just makes this shit happen. Yep. Right? Yeah. I want to read you his last award. <laughs> okay. Creativity Inc., which is something to do with him, was shortlisted for the Financial Times and Goldman Sachs Business Award of the Year in 2014. Yeah. Okay. That's a very different award, isn't it? So that's from Goldman Sachs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So that's his book, by the way. That What do you call it? The, oh, Creativity Inc. That's his book. Well, that's his book. It's okay. a best-selling book or okay. something. Okay. All right. <laughs> but now he's getting awards from Goldman Sachs. So, you know, the way that I was kind of thinking about it when driving over here was, you know, it starts off with his first award for orphanages Mm, and mm. and, um, developing farming techniques and and watering in Ethiopia. And then the final award is, you know, an award for outstanding achievement by the Sith Lords of Palpatine for the creation of moon-shaped battle stations. You know, he seems to have gone straight to the dark side. it, It almost recognises zero achievement. Like, it's not really awarded for anything other than... He's a good guy, so we're just giving him a plaque. Or we recognise, well, I don't know, maybe Goldman Sachs, you know, they recognise yeah. recognize his achievement. It might be where they all learned it from in the first place. Or maybe, Or, yeah. or he may have taught them. <laughs> a thing or two. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's kind of what I wanted to paint the picture. I don't know if that's fair or unfair, but it's well, kind of weird that the Goldman Sachs is the final award that he kind of well, gets. Well, I can tell you, until this crap came out, mm. Crap as in it's shitty, Mm. but it's not bullshit. Mm. He was like the godfather of our industry. And that's why we see images um, that I popped up there. That's where that image came from. He's in a suit with a a tuxedo. Being referred to as the godfather. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And that's slightly apt in more than one way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So... Here he is, clutching, clutching Oscars and yeah. all sorts of different things. So is that does that make it harder when you find out that someone's achieved a lot um, in some other field mm-hmm. you, and was caught doing the same thing? Mm-hmm. What is that what makes it so personal to us is that this guy is really responsible for the beginnings of what we do. 
reading some of the comments in some of the articles, you know, the first comment is, this is really disappointing. Yeah, yeah. You know, ah, I really. did my thesis on this man, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I've read a few of those. Oh, yeah, well, comments, I used to work at Pixar, blah, 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 and this is really disheartening to hear. Yeah, because you were doing da, 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 da. it to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Uncle, Uncle Ed would regularly, he did, he did this at, he's currently in charge of Disney animation and Pixar animation. Mm. Mm. He's the biggest kahuna there. Mm. Um, there's like a creative guy in charge, and that's Lasseter. Mm. And he's always a sort of a an executive producer slash creative, mm. whatever. He's about as high as you get as a, in a as a creative in those two organisations. Mm. Um, it's one of the reasons why Disney 3D animated films have really taken off in the last couple of years with uh, Big Hero Six, mm-hmm. Frozen. Now we've got um, Moana. Mm-hmm. Moana's Disney. I'm pretty sure Moana's Disney. Um, their quality's gone through the roof, and I think it's that influence of the one company owning Pixar, mm. and they're still doing their own films as well. Mm. Well, Ed Cutmore's in charge of both of those organisations, mm. mm. and he has regular sat down with a production-wide gathering of humans and said to them things like, um, we want to get rid of these personal contracts. We want to get rid of them because they're holding you back if you if you are... Aware of a better position, that pays better or whatever, these contracts are potentially holding you back, and and he dresses the whole thing like it's a big advantage, mm. and so these people were tearing up their contracts and and things like that, and then the problem with that is that um, they're now um, completely unprotected in that scenario, and the bait that was dangled at them was when there's something else available. Mm. The problem is there can never be anything else available. No mm. one's ever allowed to advertise to those people. Mm. They're stuck there. Yeah. Because they're, yeah, colluding behind the background, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, some of the deposition stuff that I was reading is um, <clears throat> a little bit telling because, uh, and this is, I suppose, that one of the points that I wanted to, you know, how does this happen, you know? Obviously, Ed... Catmel didn't start off as a dark Sith Lord, mm. and he's probably not an evil guy. I don't know, man. Well, <laughs> he's the one that has shown the most calculation. He was definitely right in the middle of it. And he's the one that's shown the most calculation to hide it. Of course, in his defense. He asked someone to remove a chunk of video that had him talk, them talking about it, and it was open to all members of the Pixar intranet. All right, so but they then they put the video back up, so they took that part out mm-hmm. and put the video back up. Now that's a calculated mm-hmm. thing where you got mm-hmm. the dumbasses over at Google. They're so stupid about their attitude, um, either cocky or just plain out stupid, that they thought that they could do this, have an agreement like this, and then just put it in their policy documents and quote it to staff. What I'm so I suppose I'm saying is that um, these things cannot. This is what somebody else said. They used the words um, "had a life of its own." Mm-hmm. That these things start off a little bit small, and this is, I suppose, what I was driving at, is that, you know, perhaps Ed and 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 um, George, they're sitting around having a barbecue at George's ranch or something rather, and they just have this, like, little tiny discussion where they talk about not poaching each other's workers and that type of thing. And then slowly that becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, and it includes more and more people, and before you know it, yeah, you are the Dark Sith Lord, but you didn't start out that way. Yeah, I think that's what happens to um, lawyers. Mm. I've even seen it, and 
have to wait for Leanne to walk away. I've seen it happen to dentists. Right, okay. And medical people. Yeah. That start out wanting to do the noble thing, mm. make a difference. Mm. But then to keep doing the noble thing, you, you have get, to... You get corrupted by the money. <laughs> yeah. And then well, the, well, the money corrupts you because you end up um, upping your luxury level. Yeah. Just all the little things. Yeah. Right? And then as soon as you can't afford the luxury level, even though it's way beyond where you started mm. um, and more than comfortable to live without a lot of those things, it doesn't matter. That's the level now. Mm. So they need more and they want more. And they get more aggressive. They get mm. more... It's just greed, isn't it? Isn't it just greed? Uh, I don't know. I like to offer people like this a bit of a. Um, Do you think you know, it was olive, uh, to olive. keep artists? I think that talent? no, no, no. I think that a lot of those things they start off that way, mm. and then to I don't know. Say it's like you know you you start off you know with a charity and you're, you're giving you know you're giving money to the poor and and then. Um, you realise, you know, you need to give more money to the poor and you're really getting into it and you and then, you know, you start, you know robbing banks to give money to the poor. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. this kind of slippery slope where you still got look at these I don't know what goes on inside these people's heads, but yeah. you know, you imagine that they started off pretty Yeah honest about this type of stuff yep. but and then maybe it's not necessarily the corruption of greed it's just the corruption of continued success yep. that they need to cut it finer yep. cut corners finer and finer and finer until they're in a smoke-filled room organizing whose wages will be what they're sending each other wage information they're saying you know we only pay this guy this much oh, yeah. you only pay this guy this well, much. well they commission those those corona yeah well let's reports. talk about that right you know, so like there's there's a document that's available if you look online, and it's it's basically a, a spreadsheet of information that is information provided by all of these players. When I went to the Corona or whatever they're called website to read up about them, they look like a just a happy crew of statistical that's analysts, yeah, no, right? That's all they are, and they're just offering their services to um, to. Make a big fat spreadsheet with loads of numbers in it that'll be really handy for everybody. Now, what the deal is, is that all you have to do is if you want to know about the the industry and who's in it and how much people earn and some some good old statistics, you have to buy in. And it costs you 10,000 bucks. And you buy in. And guess who's in? Pixar, you know, all of those people that we had on that list. They're all in. Yeah, DreamWorks. DreamWorks, Activision, uh, Laker, uh, Lucas, Lucasfilm, Pixar Animation Studios, Sony Entertainment, um, Sony Pictures Entertainment, Walt Disney Studios, uh, Turner Broadcasting, Industrial Light and Magic, Sony Pictures, Disney Animation Studio, Disney Toon Studio, Blue Sky Studios, 20th Century Fox, Walt Disney Parks and Resorts, and, and Warner Brothers Entertainment. Now... This document, when I see this document, and I believe the source of the original leak of this document, which I think is hard to believe, because if it is, I, I've been to that site as well, and it looks to me like that's what it is. It's like a consulting sort of yeah, firm. Yeah, it's a consultancy it. firm. And they do it through a series of um, interviews. Interviews, yeah. And they interview all, of, and these people have all decided to participate. Yes. Right? And not only have they, have they decided to participate, they're more than welcome to the data. That's right. Even if they drop 20 grand, they're still going to get that data. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that document in itself is 
evidence, I believe, of that collusion going on, mm. of that price fixing, that capping of, of money there, mm. um, that everything has to be within a tolerance in order for all of these players to be within, you know, within the boundaries of their agreement. Mm. Mm. Um, it's quite a damning document, this one. Um, let me show you another document. Um, can we flick over to my screen just for a sec? Now, there's a website out there called um, uh, VFX Soldier, all right? And VFX Soldier does um, a bit of reporting on this type of thing. You might have to um, plug it. Oh. Hang on a sec. We're not even plugged in. All right, plugged in. That should work. So let's see if that works. So... Yeah, here we go. So, VFX Soldier... Um, That's right. I remember this document. <laughs> yeah, VFX Soldier's been following this exact same story. So, there's a bunch of websites um, that are reporting on it. Pando Daily is another one that's reporting on it. VFX Soldier is, is reporting on it as well. And one of the articles that he says uh, that, that VFX Soldier, he or she, posted up um, was discussing this from various different angles. And they posted up this, which is from SIGGRAPH. Yes, 2014. Yes. So at SIGGRAPH, this is where all the VFX people turn up, right? And they all show off their wares and they all go to talks and conferences and, and you know, it's a big, big conference for the industry, right? Yep. The VFX industry. And of course, a load of students are going to turn up there and the students are all going to be looking for jobs. Yep. So Sony Imageworks has made this handy dandy flyer that goes out, one would imagine, to students. I mean, it's addressed to students. Yeah. And it's about how to get a job, blah, blah, blah. So let's have a quick read. You know, it's got, you know, some useful stuff here. Be accountable, manage your time, know how to do this, know how to do that, learn the pipeline, blah, 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 blah. So these are the things that you should do. But it also includes a f <laughs> uh, behaviours to avoid. And listed on behaviours to avoid, and I'll read it here, <laughs> don't compare salaries. <laughs> don't. And I'll, just listen to this sentence. The, the language, yeah. Listen to this sentence. Don't fall for this trick. Know that, a, that it is unprofessional and it's cut off here, so we don't know. Know that it's unprofessional and your salary is no one's business but yours. So I want to listen to the, just read that first sentence again. Yeah. Don't compare yourself. Don't fall for this trick. Yeah. Now you think about it. Some students, they're just going there. They just they just want to make movies. Yeah. They just want to have, you know, they're just following their dreams. They're just, where, where, where's the fucking trick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's this trick coming yeah. from? You're being fooled. You know what and I think? Don't th fall for it. It sounds like language that you'd hear coming out of a Scientologist trying to convert you. <sighs> yes, and that's, this is what I'm, I'm thinking is that this is um, – this is a a reflection, you know. This says more about the person that made this document, oh, absolutely. rather than, and you know, it's them talking. It's you know, it's like you know, corrupt people, you know, sort of, you know, are the first ones to notice corruption because you know it's it's pretty close to home. So yeah, yeah it's really odd language. Don't fall for this trick. Yep. And that's the it's language weird. also associated with um, industries that aren't. Assisted by union or unionization, and that is, I think, in other industries, this would never have happened. Right? Imagine, you know, going through the mindset of the person who's writing this. Mm. What are they thinking? That there might be some union person, or there might be some 
some person is going to trick these students into thinking they should check out what the salaries are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Actually, the 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 animators have a union. Yeah. In the states. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, we've got no movement in in Australia, as far as I'm aware. No. The the if you're an actor, a singer, uh, even in a band, um, there's associations and things like that, but there's not much available for our. For our gig. So if we move forward from Tectopus, mm. it turns out that then there's all this collusion in the animation industry. You can go back to your screen if you want. I'm kind of done here. Um, and then moving forward in time, this is all still still going on. And um, the new kid on the block is Sony. Yes. All right. And this is where I think part of it starts to come a little bit unraveled. Yeah. Is that... Um, Catmel has all of these people in his thrall, right, in the cartel, um, all of these big players, and then Sony decides that they want to join the join the the industry and start producing animated stuff. Yep. Um, But they're not part of the this cartel, and so one problem that arises is they immediately start offering poaching. Offering jobs, Ooh, yeah, yeah, getting aggressive. Yeah, 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 offering jobs to to people that are already in to the, really good people, all the entrenched, prote- the protected people, yeah, yeah. Or protected yeah. in inverted commas, people. And then one another thing that happens, and this comes out in the depositions, is that Catmel actually flies out to yeah. visit them yeah. to tell them the rules, yeah, to yeah. tell them how it works. Absolutely, here. you know, this is how we do things, and that that in itself elevates him. Mm. In this mm. thing, mm. why is he so keen to protect his own thing, or is he flying down there as a representative of all the brothers? Do you know what I mean? Is he is he because he started it early on? This is where we're late in the game. We're yeah. we're deep in the uh, in the uh, in the swamp to yeah. use a and and I don't know who knows what motivations are going through his head, but yeah. Some of the most damning evidence has come through his own dep- uh, deposition. Yeah, yeah. In, in fact, um, you know, I've got some of it here. I won't actually read it out, but some of it when the, um, you know, he's under cross-examination, you know, he starts to come a bit unstuck mm. with some of this stuff. You know, he's like, you know, you can see it simply by not answering questions. He's like answering the questions. And then when, he, you know, the lawyer confronts him and says, you know, so you went down there to get them to. He says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then, then the lawyer says, "So this is this is wage fixing," and that's the moment where it yeah. is wage fixing. You know, yeah. it's fucking wage fixing. Of course it is. And then Ed's like, "Wow, well, well," and you can see from the deposition, there's dot dot dot. You see, I would dot yeah. dot dot. Yeah, yeah. And then the you know they say here maybe it's time for an adjournment. We have yeah, a bit yeah. of a break. We'll play the bumbling fool <coughs> card, bumbling old man card, like uh, Rupert Murdoch whenever he's hauled in front of a judiciary or something. Mm. Um, when it suits them, mm. they're very articulate when they think they're in the right and they've got a, a good reason or excuse. Um, the one article I read the. It still can is appealable. Some of these settlements, some of these positions, mm. although the settlements are probably something separate, but there are certain rulings that are appealable. And one of the arguments that the some of the studios are putting forward is the information that you're talking about was available on this network. 
so therefore it couldn't be um, clandestine in nature, which makes it a different crime. Like when you okay. when you deliberately conceal it, mm-hmm. that's a different crime than just to stuff the law up and oh shit, I got I I read the law wrong, <laughs> but I didn't try to hide it. Like I just thought that was the law, so I went. You know what I mean? Like, so if I can give you the negative version of their defence is like. We didn't hide it very well. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we couldn't yeah. hide it very well. Which is or, a true defence for Google. Well, there's another another version, you know, there's another way to explain those facts is that you just got so ballsy and brazen that you just thought your shit didn't stink. That's and this what was, it always comes down to. Yeah, this was the way that yes. this is how we operate here at, you know, in Hollywood. Yeah. And that's, like we're, what's wrong with that? We're on a different coast. Um, yeah, we are the capital of that yeah. coast. We're protecting jobs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, do, we are doing. It's the righteous thing. If if we do this and keep costs low, we can make better films. If we make mm. better films, then we employ more people. That's right, and they'll be secure, and they'll never leave yeah. those companies because they can't. Welcome to politics. <laughs> That's like all those phrases are all the the weapons of the politician. If you think about it, also that when did this happen? We're talking. 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, That's where 13. it ramped up in investigation and evidence and things like that. And you think about the movies that come out during that time, that's yeah. a real big boom time for all of those guys. Absolutely. They're producing classics, Absolutely. you know, it's, at that time. This guy still owns Render Man, as far as I'm aware. Mm. Like, independently. Mm, I'm okay. pretty sure he independently owns Render Man. Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. Add those numbers up. Mm. Right, and he still owns shares in Pixar, mm. and probably retained those shares when when Disney bought Pixar. So the reason why he's high up in Disney as well is that he must be bought into the company. Like mm. he's, he's he's got skin in the game, but um, I don't yeah. think he's trying to scratch a dollar. No, I've got here what the Very internet thinks he's worth. Was it eleven million or something? Like that? Yeah, yeah, ten million, eleven million. He's not worth that. His net worth would not be only eleven million, and he's got some. Considering Pixar as a whole is only worth about seven point four billion, it's unlikely the president is worth fifteen percent of that. That's what the internet thinks. I don't know. Well, fifteen percent of a billion—that's hundreds of millions, isn't it? That's one hundred and fifty million. Potentially, I think ten million seems. Oh, look, I got no real way. Eleven million's a joke. I, I, yeah, I've got no real way of judging. An eleven million dollar house without a problem. <laughs> okay, that's what I would have guessed if I was. Wouldn't he? I, that's what I would have guessed. That's what I would have guessed. Considering all those other people that he's hanging out with, uh, they're way, 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 he's, way up there. He's the godfather of this place. So the wage fixing um, lawsuit that got settled recently mm-hmm. um, was. Or no, no, this is the class action. All right. So this is the class action known as animation workers antitrust litigation. Okay. Yeah. Right. Which implicates quite a few um, studios, but it started with three guys: um, Robert Nietzsche, or Nietzsche, um, who was a senior character effects artist at DreamWorks Animation until t- uh, 2011. Mm-hmm. Georgia Carno or Chano, is a digital and lighting digital lighting artist at Rhythm and Hughes until 2009 mm-hmm. and David Wentworth a production engineer and computer graphics supervisor at Image Movers Digital mm-hmm. together filed a class action lawsuit against several animation studios mm-hmm. 
a plaintiff's claim that the defendant studios conspired to restrict competition by exchanging sensitive compensation information, which we have evidence of, um, fixing compensation rates of their employees, and most critically, refraining from solicitation of each other's employees in violation of federal antitrust law and the California Business and Professions Code. Mm. Now, they've got them dead to rights. It's about how much that they're going to have to fork out. Mm. Um, and what these are the players. Who are the defendants that are accused of wrongdoing? Blue Sky Studios, DreamWorks Animation, Lucasfilm, Pixar Animation, Sony Pictures Animation, Sony Pictures Image Works. So Sony Pictures Animation end up getting on board, whatever, on some of these things. Yes, even though... Could have been participating in the wage thing. <clears throat> yeah, even though it appears that, yeah, they were some... that Well, they at least started as outsiders. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah, maybe they sort of get drafted in there somehow anyway. Because they participated in that Krona. Yeah. So yeah. that could be the part of it. They're, mm. They share data about mm. their wages mm. as opposed to forcing the other or forcing everyone into a partnership where you don't poach because mm-hmm. it's those two things mm-hmm. it's if you fix the wages and everyone charges the same thing mm. that's only half it the mm. other half is that you because there's other things you can offer staff mm. other than wages mm. medical and all this other shit yeah mm. um, so it's the anti-poach thing that, yeah. that has the most damage but two of those are in cahoots you got Walt Disney Company and um, uh, two pick Mick LLC, formerly, oh, so, formerly Image Movers. I don't know what, looks like they've reverted back to their original off-the-shelf company name. Two Pig MC or Mech? Yeah, yeah. Image Movers come up a couple of times. They were a smaller company. They're, yeah, involved in this in the in the side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the class, uh, because of this, where is it? Uh, which employees at those studios would be represented in the class action lawsuit? Because this is a class action, the people who are suing the studios are doing so on behalf of other people who have similar claims. The suit uh, seeks to potentially represent thousands of employees, specifically all persons who worked at any time from 2004 um, to the present time. It's probably a shitload of people. It's a big workforce, mate. (laughs) That's a massive amount of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they, yeah, it's and it's um, for Pixar, Lucasfilm, DreamWorks Animation, Walt Disney Animation Studios, Walt Disney Feature Animation, Blue Sky Studios, Digital Domain, Image Movers Digital, Sony Pictures Animation, and Sony Pictures Image Works in the United States. There you go. <coughs> so that qualifies it, I guess, that it's in the United States. So you don't yep. get any any money now. There is a hundred million settlement. I'm not sure whether that's exactly this, whether it's this class action mm. or whether that's a different mm. uh, class pretty, action. Yeah, it's complicated. Mm. Um, do they have enough evidence to prove their case? More than enough. Because of all the turned over documents from the original case mm. um, that involved Silicon Valley businesses, Lucasfilm and Pixar were involved with those because mm. of Jobs. Mm. Jobs is the bridge. Yeah. And you and I have seen loads of emails in depositions and, yeah. Um, could Ed, Ed Cutmore really be involved? Well, I think he's 
Well, from the court records, yes, he is involved. He's right in it. Yeah. And his own evidence, is his own deposition and his own email evidence. I don't know. I'm they no get lawyer, cocky. But I think you got it right, man. Mm. Criminals get cocky. And he's a criminal. Mm. He's a criminal. The godfather of modern digital. The man that he he animated the first 3D object, mm-hmm. right, which was a hand as part of his thesis in, in seven, early, early 70s. So animated on film the first 3D rendered object. Do we cover that when... I think we might have covered that when we were doing so. the Tron... The it stuff, was so uh, good yeah. that a company bought it and stuck it in a film. Yeah, right. But I don't think it was Tron. It was, okay. It was some other not, not, not in Tron, but yeah, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Um, he would have had something to do with Tron <coughs> on some level. Mm. Absolutely. Um, so when you are in a 3D application um, like Maya and you want to smooth something from, say, one level one smoothness, which is just raw polys, right? Mm-hmm. And then you hit <clears throat> second level smoothness. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is you're subdividing the polygons mm-hmm. to, in order to get smoothness, mm-hmm. right? Currently, the standard subdivision method for smoothing polygons in Maya mm-hmm. is the Cutmel-Clark subdivision method. And so that's that's here, yeah. Cutmel Clark and Backham Wiki, yeah. recursive generated B spline surfaces on arbitrary topological meshes. <laughs> yeah. So that's making a blocky mesh nice and smooth. Yeah. It takes a flat surface. It looks at all the other surfaces around it and extrapolates a smooth curve to get from that polygon, yeah, that surface to mm. this surface. Yeah. With through the one in between. Yeah. And the way he, it's done mathematically was invented by this guy. Mm. Right? Um, he's the godfather of our, our <laughs> of our industry on a technical side. Does yep. that make sense? Yeah. Um, Lucas is like a godfather of our industry on a creative side, on the visionary side, mm. right? He, he, he inspired a generation and beyond. Mm. Um, because he's a, he's the godfather. He's the first guy that made that lived-in sci-fi, mm. you know, and the grunge and the sound effects and the, and the similarities to a world that we're already familiar with and all those rules that he brought mm-hmm. to the game. He's the godfather, I guess, in that area, mm. right? But technically, this guy is one of the one of the top. Like there's there's him. There's there's Dennis Murin. Um, there's uh, Lantieri. There's Phil Tippett. Um, you know, these guys are just... Lasseter? Yeah, they're the elite. John Lasseter, absolutely. Yeah. They're the elite. And Ed Cutmel's almost above those guys. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know if we can or should call him a criminal. But, I, think, uh, I think he's a criminal. And I think it, it's sooner or later he's going to pay for for being involved with this. And, well, and yeah. I don't just mean money out of hand. I think there are legal... Like there's a civil thing, which is settlement, right? You can't reach settlement in a in a in a criminal court. Mm. Sooner or later, someone's going to bring tr- criminal charges to these people. Do you know what I mean? When the uh, money runs out, <clears throat> when they yeah. can't pay any more out, mm. yeah, <laughs> then it ends up in court uh, in a legal scenario, mm. and you have to seek compensation in other ways. Mm. Who knows? Because I hate it. I reckon it sucks because there is a whole generation of artists, digital artists, that <clears throat> forged modern cinema to be what it is today. And, and mm. you know, 
they're the guys that were sleeping under, you know, the guys that have got to go and work in Vancouver because of all the, you know, and all this mm-hmm. bullshit that's going on. And the whole time, this has been going on behind the scenes and the workers are the ones that are just left out of the loop and everyone else is making money and everyone else is... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And um, and you're right. And you're right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. My, I, I just, um, just reserve judgment just at the moment because, you know, somebody else is going to call the facts. And... The other thing just to remember as well is that we're only seeing the kind of accusation side and it looks pretty damning. Damning. I'm sure some creative lawyers and stuff will come up with some stuff on the other side, but I don't know. That's where we are at the moment. And it's pretty interesting. It's very suspicious, right? I'll I'll be the first to to accept that. Um, And it seems very unfortunate, but I don't know. The way that I look at it... You know, it's just the you know I've already explained the, the good guy who there's there's a just got next kinda, to the definition of optimist in the dictionary. Yeah, is a picture of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, if if the business you were working for was closing on Wednesday, you'd still own five shirts on Sunday night. <laughs> um, you you uh, I don't know. I I almost want we need our industry needs. Um, a brick through the window? Yeah, we need an event, <laughs> right? We need something to shake the shit, right? And the last time it happened was when Life of Pi wins the Academy Award. 24 hours later, Rhythm and Hughes goes bankrupt. Mm-hmm. And they did the visual effects on that film, and that was a visual effects movie. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole film, it was almost like the whole thing was, was green screen. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, it's equivalent to The Jungle Book. Mm. You know, they, they're very similar in, in because so much of it was not real. Mm. And... Not only did the director not make any mention of the visual effects in any way, shape, or form, the cinematographer for the film won an Academy Award. Mm. Cinematography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 90% of the frame doesn't exist. <laughs> what the hell is he doing? Um, and then 24 hours later, the, they go broke. Yeah. And because the margins are so... There's a really good documentary. There's a link on the on the uh, Voyage of the Geek website to that documentary. It's coming out later in February. Mm. Um and it's about digital artists just getting stitched up, mm. getting really fucked over, and, and about the subsidies and the governments. Um, there's some states in Canada where to go and make your film there, if it costs you a million dollars to make your film in, in America, they will pay you a million and a half dollars. That's right. That's why Vancouver and all of those places are just booming right now. Yeah. Because, And I think I've seen in talks where... You know, somebody stands up. I can't remember the context where this was in, but somebody stands up and says, "You know, here's a movie that I worked on, proudly paid by the citizens of Vancouver. Vancouver, yeah, proudly made and bought by the citizens of yeah, Vancouver Ontario. through their taxes. Yep, yeah. Um, they the principle is you do that and you get it back through rent, through um, taxes that you collect, through wages and, and a bunch of subsidy other things. And there's a whole yeah, yeah there's Van- a whole Vancouver way that Film School is they like, probably recoup more than what they put in. Right. Oh yeah. Over yeah. time. They yeah. Probably yeah. Do. Yeah. Um, and all of those people have to buy food, mm. and you know that's all where they that make toss- the money. Yeah. And the restaurants thrive, and the shopping malls thrive, and yeah. you know, yeah. um, we used to do it. We used to do it in Sydney. That's when we were making the Matrix and mm. Superman Returns and the Star Wars movies, mm. all out of Sydney. Mm. And um, it's taken nearly twelve years mm. to come, at least ten years to come back to the notion of we need to bring filmmakers to this country and that's why we got Ridley Scott coming in and we're starting to subsidise. That's why 
I've said it to you before, something's happened in the back rooms of Parliament to tweak the subsidy laws because they were ridiculous. Mm. You could only, it went from 90% um, to 30% overnight because of some um, bunch of politicians and one Baz Luhrmann all got together and reviewed the funding model. Mm -hmm. What they came up with is instead of 90, it went to 30%, but only if it was an Australian movie written by Australian, directed by, and Australia, 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 and preferably about Australia, an Australian Mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. What what got released 12 months later? Mm -hmm. Australia. Australia. (laughs) By Baz Luhrmann, the biggest investor in that film was the government. Yeah, yeah. And And we're still reeling from that. Mm. It's funny because I was right in the middle of um, a pre-production pitch packaging of a kids' television series that actually had skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all happened in the middle of that. Mm. So we had so many investors, we were we didn't know which way to look. And then within two months, they all disappeared because none of them could qualify. Mm. We couldn't get any foreign investment in. We couldn't... Mm. Oh, was it... There was no tax subsidy. Yeah, yeah. So anyway... Um, that documentary is going to really jump into a lot of that from a very personal level. Mm. So check the link that's on the mm. on the uh, Voyage of the Geek Facebook page. Um, and I, yeah, I for, I for one believe that it needs to be an event, a cataclysmic event that uh, brick through the window it shakes it up. I think that's what it is. Yeah. What do you think? Do you, do you think there's? Um, <clears throat> well, I can imagine a shakeup like that would, you know, you can imagine something shattering all of those big guys. You understand, then, you understand the model, right? The, the v, we've spoken about it before, the, the VFX model of, mm. of um, budgeting for film mm. and how you have to... In Australia with the tax subsidies. Worldwide. Well, not beyond that, how to um, win the job in the first place, mm. how you have to... You've got a bid mm. on the work and you have to put in a fixed bid so that if there are any changes that happen to that shot or to the, um, the original thing that you've bidded on, you've already bid on it. Mm. You can't change it. So, mm. so when they get some underling to come to you to start, because directors don't get involved at the bidding process, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So rarely do you actually get the co- information from the person that's going to make a decision of how the shot's going to fucking look. Mm. Right? Yet you've got to sit down and budget it. Right? Mm. So it starts out with the Hulk standing in a paddock in the middle of the day mm. um, with knee-high grass. Mm-hmm. Right? By the time the director gets involved and the storyboards get defined mm. and the team has to create the fucking thing, mm. it's at night in a thunderstorm in rain mm-hmm. and he's been attacked by eight dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's the yeah. same price. You <laughs> yeah. have to charge the same thing. Yeah. Every other part of production has a different formula for working out its budget. Mm. It's called cost plus. So you work out what it costs and then you put a plus percentage on it Mm. that is open-ended because you never know. You can't shut the movie down. You have to keep it going. So if I I have to get security guys in for three weeks and we have to shoot for four, how do I pay for the security guys for the extra week? Mm. I have that in the budget. It's plus. It's the cost plus. And it's everything from catering to everything. Now, the only fucking thing on production that doesn't do that, visual effects. I was, um, reminds me of a story of a guy I used to know who did landscaping, and he said, you know, the same happens in landscaping. Somebody will say to you, yeah. ah, can you just come in and, um, and uh, put in a bit of lawn back here? And then while you're digging up the back lawn and putting in a lawn, they say, oh, can you also just move that plant from this place over this place? And take away. Shovel. Yeah, yeah, because you've got the shovel yeah. while you're there. <clears throat> yeah, and so he used to walk around with the with the quote and the invoice in his back pocket and he yeah. said, move that plant from here to there, yeah. whip out the thing, 
Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. yeah. 250 bucks. Removalists, removalists do, it, <laughs> do it as well. Like when you ever move house, you've got to sort of supply a list yeah. of things that are going to be there mm-hmm. um, to real ball breaker to do. But when they turn up, mm. they start lugging stuff in there and you say, um, can you grab the... Could you throw the barbecue on as well and out comes the clipboard <laughs> yeah. the invoice and you add it and add it and sure enough, it starts to get onto your bill. Yeah. They're not silly. Yeah. yeah, That's their game. All right. So let's keep our eyes peeled because I'm sure, you know, this saga is not over and it's something that we can come back and, and revisit. I want people to share $100 million. I want, I want all those artists that work mm-hmm. for those companies to share $100 million. Because mm-hmm. if there's a thousand of them... Mm-hmm. If there's ten thousand of them, mm-hmm. they're still going to get some money out of the deal. Yeah, you know, there's some someone's they're going to get some cash. Mm. That's my hope, and I hope this guy um, gets his comeuppance because I do not believe that the good you do early in life can carry you for the rest of your life. You, you have to stay on a level. It's not about just elevating yourself up and then just, I can cruise now, I can be whatever. Yeah. That's how, like Lindbergh, they reckon he was an arsehole, you know, and just he flew across the world and mm. set the record and whatever, And but he was a real not quite there and all this stuff. Um, but it carried him. His reputation carried him. And, and uh, there's a lot of stories like that. And I just don't like status because of early achievements not being uh, you know that is enough to insulate you here bad luck if you want to turn into a prick you should be cast out you know we sh- we need to put you on a podium point the finger and say this guy's a prick now go and redeem yourself but not because otherwise there's no redeeming yeah no you're right you can't get um, you know you can't ride on your coattails from the past I saw and one claim, statement. claim an exemption he's not sorry Mm. He's not sorry. I, th- I saw one statement he, in an interview, or he gave some kind of statement to say that you know, I don't. Ha- I would do it again, sort of thing. I, I, I would not take it back. Mm. I don't. Know, maybe he's a joke. You see, what what, what the thing that re- has in the reservation in my mind is that, you know, despite what it looks like, sometimes these people think that. Well, often these people think that they're doing the right thing. Yeah. And they're acting in good conscience and doing the right thing. Mm. From the outside perspective, it might not be. So that's why I'm still just a little bit hesitant and I'm just waiting for yeah. a further result. But, yeah, if it is what it looks like, yeah, you're right. It's a bit shit. Yeah. All right. Well, I won't I won't wax the, um, wax the hanging rope, the mob, <laughs> the lynch mob rope, um, the pitchforks. Just yet. Uh, um, just yet. Although I could easily do it, the 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 <coughs> mob mentality would take me in a moment if uh, if these individuals were all standing there in their <laughs> Rolex watches and all the rest of it. Um, all right, now before we sign out, we like to touch base with our good friends over at the Drone Racing League. Our good friends who we've never met or talked to. <laughs> but who who we would welcome um, <laughs> merchandising or any form of uh, promotional yes, material. Yes, they want to send us free drones. <laughs> for, Absolutely. Yes. Um, so they're getting a whole lot more sexy in their uh, online. So hang on, let's give them a proper introduction. They're, they're drone racers, right? They're the, they're the Drone Racing League. Right. Um, who professional drone racers where mm. they go to um, some pretty cool locations now, as it seems, all over the world. Was that the crew they've, at they've taken Dubai? Um, no, that's a different crew, but I think 
some association. Okay, but they're the ones with the stadium. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they've got a big stadium. Well, they do it in a stadium. They've done it in a big abandoned warehouse. And what yeah. they do is they rig it up with a track with neon lights, mm. fluoro lights, all coloured to mm. show the way and signify the way of in, mm. in, in gates and out gates. Mm. You know, in gates are green, out gates are red and all this stuff. And they race these things at incredible speeds. Really small little drones. With not, cameras not on the front. Yeah, yeah, with and cameras. They, they put their 3D goggles on. Yep. Um, or they're, they're, they're not really 3D goggles. They're more of a virtual goggle. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. And they see what the drone sees and yeah. race from within the drone. Yeah. Um, and look at some of our older episodes. You'll definitely see us visiting the drone racing league. Well, I found this the other day. They have a simulator. Mm-hmm. And it's a great idea. I think it's a fantastic idea. They give it away. It doesn't cost any money. All you do is just go to the DRL and uh, or the droneracingleague.com and you can download the DRL Racing Simulator. Now, the the great thing about it is you can use a standard controller like a PlayStation or an Xbox controller, but you can also use your remote control controller for your for your um, uh, racing quad or... Oh, yeah, yeah. Your actual fed income controller. It's it's a proper controller. And um, I saw one video where they were sort of setting it up and there's a whole bunch of presets. So all of the mainstay controllers have presets in this this, um, uh, simulator. And then basically, yeah, you load in your uh, uh, controller, install the software, and let's see if we can show you a little bit. What's the video? Yeah. So we'll just let this build up a little quality here. Actually, we'll have a look at it on, look at it on YouTube. The buffer up a bit. So yeah, I mean they've got. Um, let me just stand this down a little bit. Nice. So they're models on the actual locations right. that they go to. Um, I think there's probably a couple of virtual ones there that they've Whoa. come up with. But this is it. This, this it is looks like, it pretty, pretty much looks like the drone race. This is about the speed that it goes. Absolutely, it's brilliant. Yeah, this is crazy. Isn't it great? Ah, it looks great too. Now, here's where they get really, really inventive. Yeah, I love this stuff. I can watch this heaps. It's crazy. Um, where they get really inventive is that if we go to the simulator page, there's a thing called leaderboards. Uh-huh. If you click on the leaderboards, these are the times. And this guy here, Robogenesis, I don't know whether he's the guy that owns the website. <laughs> if not, if this guy's not in the racing league, if yep. he's not one of the elite, because yeah. the way I think the racing league works is they have qualifying events, mm-hmm. and then once you qualify for the league, you're in the league week to week at different locations or month to month. I don't know whether they were on mm-hmm. every week. Um but it's the same group of guys. And then every year you qualify. And I've got a feeling there's relegation, maybe a couple drop out every year, a couple mm-hmm. come up. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a way of people having a bit of fun, recognising your brand, coming to the brand, but also the times get entered in mm. back at base and these are those times. And you get to see everyone else's times for that course. So this is the, um, the, the Gates of Hell yep. course. We could have a look at the Miami Lights course. Now... I've looked at a couple, and this guy comes up every time. Okay. Robogenesis, and also this... Um, Night Fury. Night Fury. There's a couple there. That, this guy was down there as well. Now, either these guys are just gurus... Yeah, yeah. Um, ...and they're just kicking everyone else's ass, because you, you, you get like 42, uh, 43 seconds, and then it very quickly sort of... Oh, no, these are pretty close. I thought there was a bigger gap than that. 
that's all the way down to 50th, and it's only three seconds, the difference. Not a lot in it. That's a pretty fast pace. But definitely you've got – and then you've got a finals tournament here, which is January 21st. So these are the tryouts, and this is how I think it works, where the top 24 qualifying pilots from the tryouts will convene in New York City to battle it out at West uh, Webster Hall. Um, and I think it's players battling it out for a $75,000 contract. Jeez. So it's like um, it's like the ultimate fighter. Mm-hmm. They they have a competition every year where 20 of them get in, they stay in a house and they fight. You know, there's two teams and they, until there's ultimately one left and he gets the contract to go and fight for the UFC. Yep, yep. Six-figure <coughs> contra- contract. 75 grand some pretty cool, uh, pretty cool spending money to go and race drones a couple of weekends a I guess there's more to it than that. Um, are they – so this is sort of virtual drones, right? These are – So the qualifying – will the qualifying yeah, be using so. real drones or will we be using the the um, the CG stuff? Um, the first eSports tournament. Okay, all right. Of its kind. Maybe. So, this, so this is like a tournament, but it's all online or wow. it's all through the software, but the winner of it goes on to be to get the contract to become a um, a DLR racer yeah but that's a real IRL racer that's real that's yeah, live yeah. yeah well I put it to you that, uh, that you're probably going to be a drone racer to get those times well this is what I was saying do your skills transfer across if you can do it on the Xbox controller does that mean you can do it really well with the real life stuff I'd say it's pretty close it'd have to be close like you say you probably have um, you know you've probably got some sort of sort of experience with the game with the the real life stuff if you're getting into the virtual stuff it wouldn't be like and I've I've seen people do this where oh yeah I can snowboard Mm. (laughs) you know I can do backflips ollies and railies and all that stuff yeah? yeah and they get up the snow and spend the first hour on their face, yeah? Yep. And the seven more hours at the bar drinking <laughs> Uzo. <laughs> it's, it's a specific story because I've been there. Um, it's it's less likely to be like that because the experience of the person driving a drone with a with a um, FPV... FPV? P... 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 F... PV... PVD, I don't know. I don't Personal know what viewing, this thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what they're called. Yeah. VR goggles. Yeah, VR goggles. <laughs> um, that experience wouldn't be any different. True. True. So in theory, because you're driving it through one camera, one fixed yeah, camera. Yeah. As far as I'm aware, there's yeah, yeah. no no interocular mm-hmm. double camera thing. So it's one camera. You're watching it through a fixed thing. You're sitting down in a chair or standing. There's no G-forces. I'm not feeling. Um, True. Um, everything is visual. And I suppose if you're hooking up the real controller and you're doing this stuff, then, yeah. okay, fair enough. And then I suppose... And that controller's rigged to dynamics, like that are based on physics. Yeah, yeah. And if these things are simulations, yeah. you know... It'd be pretty close. Yeah, it'd be pretty close. It's yeah, certainly a lot closer than any other sport that I can think of. Well, I remember when we were just watching it, it looked pretty damn close to me yeah. when we were just watching the video of it. It looked very close to the um, To the, the real races. things. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so I just Fair wanted enough. to touch that before we... Um, That's cool. Before we signed off, I'll, uh, 
I'm keen to have a bit of a go. I want to have a bit of a bit of a look at it. I, yeah. I, I'd imagine it's going to be so hard that I'll throw the controller across the rim and never play it again. Um, I'll be at home trying to do it with wasted keys on the... <laughs> See how that goes. The amount of times I've um, seen videos of those guys <laughs> that have always wanted to fly a remote control helicopter. Oh, uh, yeah. And it, it's the lifespan of that interest mm. can often be counted in seconds. <laughs> yes, seconds. and dollars. Yeah, well, dollars, definitely. <laughs> uh, that's unavoidable. But the time, really, you can devastate, like totally smash it to pieces mm. in seconds. Mm. And it's almost as, as expensive to fix what you just did in seconds. And so you quickly realise... I've seen it happen over and over and over again. Like flying helicopters is a very, very difficult thing to do. Like those guys that do the stunts and the whole um, yeah. freestyle stuff, I don't know how the fuck they do it. I'd imagine this is similar to that. But I'm going to give it a crack and I'll keep you posted on uh, how I go with that. Sounds good. Cool, man. So any uh, any parting news? What are, you, what are you up to? Anything exciting? Um, don't we have one more thing to do on our uh, secret oh, agenda? What was that? VFX stuff we have to detect. Oh, yes. yes, we have to confirm or deny whether exactly we know what, what the fuck we're talking about. We we had this a couple of weeks ago when yourself, Tom McGill, and myself sat down and had a look at the films that were left in the race for the visual effects. The nominees, right? Visual effects Academy Award. And so they have to get shortlisted down to the top five. Five. Right? So there was, what, ten? There were ten, and we we sort of voted yep. um, very loosely, but we had our top three were Kubo, uh, Doctor Strange, and Arrival. Yeah. Arrival? I think so. I don't know how else arrival. Oh got that yeah, one. yeah. Someone might have voted for that. One of us Did voted. We vote for one of us voted for it. See, three is when we all three voted yeah. for it. So yeah. Well, arrival was in our top five. Perhaps not a unanimous thing. But anyway, okay. Yep. Uh, oh yeah. So this. Yeah. No, you're right. That's we had one vote for these. Yeah. So did we, we or did we have a cons- is was these numbers based on a consensus that the three of us said th- that is in the top five. Uh, a bigger number means that we were more confident that it was going to be in. Oh, okay, cool. Right. That explains things a little bit more. Okay. Then. So we had Fantastic Beasts. Yep. Um, and I then, thought that was top. And then Jungle Book and yep. Rogue One, followed yep. by Kubo and Strings, Doctor Strange, and then Arrival. Um, and the list, because we did this prediction 24 hours before they actually baked off mm-hmm. and got the shorter list, the list ended up looking like... Where did I put it? Don't tell me I closed it. I might have closed it. Can you quickly Google it up again? I will. Because I've got a good one that shows the actual bake-off as well. Yeah, okay. Looking back on it, I'm not sure why we gave Arrival one point. No. I think we were all not particularly impressed with Arrival. It seemed very, very standard. Yeah, I reckon that's more more likely to be a typo. And yeah, maybe okay. BFG. I'm not sure. All right. Uh, Fantastic Beast was definitely a top one in Jungle Book. I remember that out. Yeah, discussion and was. Doctor Strange. I think it's out of those three. Yeah. But there's a loose cannon in the pack, and that's Rogue. Uh, Rogue One. Yep. So All these right. are the Here ones that actually got shortlisted down to the five. Jungle Book, Rogue One, Doctor Strange, Deep Water Horizon, and Kubo and Strings. So yes. for us, 
Deepwater Horizon. It was. And what did we Horizon. say about Deepwater Horizon? You were the only one that watched it. Oh, right. I. What did I say about it? Jeez. Um, I thought actually that it was more CG than it actually was. So it was. If that you remember, hidden, yeah, it was. That's right. It was that hidden CG. Not. It was CG I was used to tell a story and not CG as the story. Yeah, I was surprised that a lot of the actual oil rig was actually they really built it. Yeah, yeah like a life size up, up except for half the, the a oil rig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's a shit ton of fire in it. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. So, I yeah, I wasn't so impressed with Deepwater Horizons. The movie was okay. Mm. Um, so that was the only one that we got wrong based on those numbers. If we looked at. If we did cop it on the chin and say that um, we had, a, had essentially swapped in Arrival, yeah, it re- seems. Yeah. But in a lot of ways, those two are kind of similar. Arrival and mm. Deepwater Horizons, perhaps they could have been, yeah, interchangeable. The, now, um, but I think I don't know why th- this is it here. I, I think that's it. It's out of those. Three. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I'm so a bit let's throw a prediction out now and then not revisit it until we come back. <laughs> Um, we'll have to put it on our sheet that oh, we yeah, can we never do. remember we when we, we, we type it in. Um, I think that um, I'm a little unhappy that Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them uh, isn't in there because I was so super impressed with the... Um, yeah, I thought it was really cool. Anyway. So I'll put a, put a little box in here. So you're saying Fantastic Beasts. No, nah, well, it's not even in the running. That one's got zapped oh, out. Oh, it got zapped Yeah, out. yeah. So that's why I was, like, a bit bummed out because that was one of my picks that I thought was awesome. Um, so. Okay, so Jungle Book, Rogue One, Doctor Strange, Deepwater Horizon, or Kubo and Two Strings. Now, when we went to Rotten Tomatoes and all of those places, everybody's gushing over Kubo and Two Strings. Yeah. And I thought that it was... VFX, yes. Story, oh, yeah. God, really? Yeah. Um, but that gets a score of like 95 or something or other. So how much is that going to affect the outcome when people watch it and they go, oh, yeah, this is this is really cool, but they're not focusing, I don't know. I think Kubo and Two Strings should win an animated feature. Like mm. it should win an award for an animated feature. Oh, I don't. <laughs> well, no, no, rather than For the than VFX. This, like it sh- yeah, I just don't think it's... It's we don't see movies. We don't we see animated films mm. in the in the best visual effects award. Right. Mm. It just rarely happens. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's good reason for that because where do you define where where do you leave one and jump into the other? Yeah, yeah. Um, so for my mind I think Kubo and Two Strings is probably not gonna happen because it's too different to all the other films and what we have come to know as visual effects. Okay, that's an interesting take on it. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. you compared to the last ten years worth of awards mm. You're not seeing any animation. It's not about you're not celebrating that um, complete CG thing, which could I, also hurt Jungle Book. Yeah. Now I think Jungle Book is the kind of trifecta of everything. It's got the cool cutesy story that everybody goes, "Oh, woogie woogie woogie!" It's a Jungle Book, and everybody loves that. Whereas, um, and I think Kubo and Two Strings is a bit like that. That that it's got the kind of sentimental story sort of shtick that might help it. Yeah. Um, okay. So what do I don't reckon? Yeah. Uh, I don't reckon Deep Water. Yep. Sorry, you're out. Yep. Um, I, I agree with that. Um, Kubo, I reckon is out. Kubo, you reckon? No, I reckon... I'm going to put a line through it. Mm. It'll be a pencil line, but it's a line through it. Mm. I need to move on. 
I, I, didn't I honestly see think Doctor it's Strange, out of the first sorry. three. I think it's out of Jungle yeah. Book, Rogue One, and Doctor Strange. Okay, without. Yeah, I think Jungle Book and. Uh, is there one outside those three that you reckon? Do you reckon so? Deep Water's out, so therefore you you still hold a glimmer for Kubo. It's only because Rotten Tomatoes gave it bloody ninety five, yeah. and I think that will infect. Doesn't matter how damn good the the bloody special effects in it were. When, um, you know, people like like the movie that much. Anyway, they gave Jungle Book ninety five, and yes. they gave Kubo ninety seven. Yes, so that's close. Jungle Books, that's my top pick. I think you might be right. I think it's I think it's Jungle Book, and I think if there's a wild card mm. that that knocks Jungle Book off, mm. it's Rogue One. And we will be struggling to find a reason for that. <laughs> we would we'll have to take it apart. Yeah, 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 and see what the hell they did. Um, All right, let's lock it in. Jungle Book one. Rogue 2. So Jungle Book 1. Rogue 2. Rogue 2. Um, then it's just got to be, it's either Kubo or Doctor Strange, and I didn't see Doctor Strange. No, I think Kubo. Yeah, it's got that, that sentimental thing, I kind of agree. Doc, and then Deep. Right, cool. And I don't know whether we'll ever find out whether this order's correct beyond the first one. Will we? I don't know. We where might we, not. Where do we dig that up? We might, but we might not. But if one they of, don't give second places, yeah, yeah, they I've don't. Never heard anyone say, "Yeah, I won second. <laughs> I got second at the Oscars." <laughs> you fucking what? <laughs> Maybe we should do the seconds at we the Oscars. Sh- we should do, put that in somebody's portfolio. <laughs> yeah, or something. yeah, See yeah. If they yeah. get traction. Get it up on Five IMDb. second places. Yeah, yeah. Three, th- <laughs> three third up. places at the Golden Globes. Yeah, yeah. Wooden spoon at the Oscars. <laughs> um, but those numbers will be important if our first pick doesn't win. Ah, uh, yes. You're exactly then we right. will know how accurate our second pick yeah. is. Yeah, it's a good call. Awesome. All right. Well, we might wrap it up there. Yeah. Um, we've had a small sort of dig go glancing glare at... Um, <laughs> a glare uh, across the room. Uncle Ed. <laughs> Uncle Ed Cutmel and, and his cohorts of... Uh, or. The cartel, <laughs> the cartel of animation, um, and uh, we'll definitely revisit it because I want to. I want to really see it go through. I think the the two things the areas I'm really keen to keep an eye on and, and follow is that is this remuneration mm-hmm. um, and to see some punishment handed out there somehow. Maybe hit them in the pocket where they really don't like it Dave the hanging judge the hanging judge um, <laughs> they need they need they need to be made a lesson um, to everyone that you know and and even to the point where their stock I think could suffer a bit I, you know where people and I think it will you know some people will and if they break up the big guys it's the little guys that can start to take up some of the slack yeah so I'd like to see that and I'd also I'm also going to tr- try to keep track of what's happening in the um in the digital artist labour market in general. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I think it's know, worth Because I think it's moving in a positive direction Yeah. Um, instead of a spiral down like it was at mm. one point. And I think there's some people with voices starting to pop up on the radar. Mm. Um, and this sort of thing is something that can give momentum to that. So mm. hopefully they'll they'll get some energy off that because I want to see people getting rewarded for their effort. Mm. While people are making billions of dollars off these films, mm. we need to see the people that create them Mm. Um, remunerated a little bit better mm. and the whole b- above the line below the line model mm. in a film where there's no actors yeah. except for voice actors mm. how does that work mm. like when all the work is done by animators mm. and they're still way down in a credit mm. list and yeah it annoys me but hopefully we can they're the stars there's a new generation coming through and they're mm. hopefully not going to put up with that shit mm. hopefully yeah 
Cool, man. So uh, that's probably it for us for another week. Um, any parting words, Dan? Parting words. If your first awards are scientific contributions to the world, that's great. But don't let your last re- reward be from Gold- Goldman Sachs. <laughs> It reminds me of the um, the two pieces of advice um, that, that you should live by. Always take the meeting yeah. and never be a dick. <laughs> yeah, too right. What is your